Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Welcome to today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson. Back again behind the microphone talking about Jesus, talking about the Bible, and talking about how God's Word applies to our life. You know, Pastor Steve, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about, and uh, we're going to spend some time over the next handful of episodes, maybe maybe five, maybe ten, we'll see how it goes, is that there are some pretty difficult truths difficult concepts and and difficult issues in the Bible. They tend to also be the kind of uh, issues that cause people to question the integrity of the Bible or, um, you know, the believability, uh, questions about contradictions and questions about who said what. And I, I think specifically, like in the Gospels, how you can have a couple of different versions of the same story. And one story has a little more detail than the other, and the other story kind of mentions one person while the other gospel mentions two. So the Bible's filled with difficulties. We're going to call them Bible difficulties. We're going to deal with them that way. You know, just being realistic, there's a lot of people who look at it and say, well, they're full of contradictions and they're full of, you know, it just presents issues I can't can't fully trust the Bible. So we're going to talk about that, Pastor Steve. But before we do, how are you doing, Pastor Steve? I'm well, man. How how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well as well. I am... uh, about ready to to hear news shortly of my uh, oldest daughter having a baby. Oh yeah, when is she? That's that's uh, great. Yeah, she's due here in a uh, couple of days, and and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. That's we'll awesome, see what happens. Man. We're waiting for that phone call, and I told my wife, I said, "Well, if they call at two in the morning, my phone's on do not disturb." So <laughs> t- tell me what happens in the morning. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Pastor Steve, one of the things that we've been talking about, and we're going to kind of just dive right into it when it comes to difficulties in the Bible, is the issue of God. Now, God is a generic word uh, that, that is, um, it's, it's up to, to subjection in the English language, right? When you talk about a God, you know, I mean, you got movies that say, you know, he is a God and look at all the gods. And, and, uh, and there's religious viewpoints that have uh, polytheistic views, uh, which means uh, they believe in many gods, so when the Bible addresses God, it starts off Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God, uh, it's presenting a unique God. It's presenting uh, someone, something, some being, just you know, presenting it that way for the sake of getting this conversation going. That there, is a, there is an entity, there is a being, there is a, uh, now a revelation from Genesis chapter 1 that there is a God who was there in the beginning, and he created the heavens and the earth. And immediately people will say, well, which God is it? Mm. And what makes this God different? Uh, what makes this God better? Um, Christians do present our belief in God as exclusive, right? There is one God, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, as he is addressing, uh, as Moses is addressing the people, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He's he's presenting uh, what we what we have you know understand to be named Yahweh or, or Jehovah, 
you know, hero Israel, Yahweh, your God, he is one. Um, so, so however you want to start responding to this, when someone says, well, what, what makes God so unique when it comes mm-hmm. to the Bible? Why, why should I believe your God? Aren't there many gods? Aren't there many ways to God? Right. It, isn't God just kind of a, a construct of a person's, you know, desire for something better, something greater? You know, how, how, how do we, where do we even start with this when we're talking about the reality of God? Right. The, the the Bible paints, you know, an interesting picture in in, in a couple different places. Um in first Kings chapter eighteen, Elijah stands up on Mount Carmel and he gathers all the people along with four hundred and fifty uh, prophets of Baal and he tells the people, How long will you limp between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. There's there's an acknowledgement of Baal on one hand, right? Mm-hmm. That okay, I'm acknowledging that you acknowledge that there's a God, but but what he's not doing is he's not adding validity to the existence of that God, just validity and acknowledgement that you believe he exists, right? And so when you read that in, in light of, say, Psalm 115, where it says um, in Psalm 115, verse 2, why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, um, noses but they don't smell. They have hands but they do not feel, feet but they do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all those who trust in them. And so mm. what what he's saying there is, listen, we're not we're not saying that these gods that you are acknowledging um, we're not saying that 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 these so-called gods that exist don't exist in the sense that they they exist in the framework of your mind. What we're saying is they're not alive. They're, there's there's no life inside of them, and they're they're really the byproduct of your own creation. You've made them up in your head, and you serve them. And the sad thing is, is the fact that there's no life is seen that they can't think, they can't smell, they can't feel, they can't walk, they can't do anything because they don't have intrinsic they don't have life inside of them mm-hmm. right where as he says our god is in the heavens and so i think the first thing we need to establish keith is just because somebody chooses to worship something right even if they choose to not not label it as deity but they choose to to recognize their own intellect as that as that supreme source of of say in their life they're worshiping something they're 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 giving themselves to something, right? And and what what the psalmist is saying here is our God, contrary to the fabrication of your own mind and heart, our God exists in the heavens hmm. and he does live. And so I think the first distinction is there is one true living God. And there are many so-called gods that are out there that man have fabricated, but it doesn't mean that they're alive. It just means that man has chosen to reject the knowledge of God, the true and living God, and in his place made an image of man, whatever that image might be. So that's the first distinction I would make is that there is one true living God because the Bible states it. And the distinction the Bible makes is the rest that's worshiped, regardless of what it is, it's the byproduct of man's of, of man's imagination. So, so really, when God is addressing His people in what we now understand to be the uh, Ten Commandments, He says, "You shall have no other god before Me, and you shall not make you know shall not fashion an idol and worship it." He's He's addressing what humans do is that if we 
either A, reject the revelation of a true God, or if we just follow our own sinful inclinations, we tend to elevate something as God that really appeals to who we are and or who we want to be. Um, for example, these are these are idols of human hands, and when you look at you know ancient idols, here here they are. They 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 can they can be really tall. They can be really strong and attractive. Um, they, they can they can be very scary and and fearsome. You know right? what we're doing is we're projecting human imagination upon a a statue, an idol, silver or gold, it says, yeah. or or stone, those kind of things. Um, it, it was Isaiah. He talked about the irony of cutting down a tree and uh, and carving it and making you know a table and, and making a chair and and then yeah. getting some fire to burn and then fashioning an idol and bowing down like from the same the same tree. Yeah, you know you're. You're you're sitting on it. You're living in it. You're you're burning a fire. You're warming now yourself you're by it, it. <laughs> and then you're worshiping. It's like you know, it, it's interesting because you look at different places of the Bible and you see how silly this is. Like we would say, um, like for instance, the story when the Philistines took the ark, right, and they put the ark, which was the presence of the living God, in the temple of Dagon. Right, Dagon, no life to him as they're sitting there worshiping. They come in the next day and Dagon's on his face. Right, right. they set him back up. They come in the next day and Dagon's hands are broken off and his head's decapitated, right? right? And what's their response? They send God down the road. Not <laughs> not acknowledging, okay, right. our, our God just died and our head, his head was just chopped off. Right. You know, there's something else in, in this in going on with this ark. What do they do? They send God down the road. Right. They, they get rid of right. the ark. And, and that's what you find when, when God challenges the belief systems of people. He challenges the idol worship of people. They have two choices. They can set it back in its place and God can can knock it down and break it and, and and see that God is showing there's no validity to your worship mm-hmm. or they can get rid of God and send him down the road so that they can keep their idol in its place. And and, and that really is what you see, you know, when, when Moses came down the mountain, you, right. know, you, you find this thing, Ecclesiastes 3.11, Solomon says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. Men know there's some something else in someone else. They right. know it. So that's why they're fashioning and that's why they're mm. filling their heart with things. And the reality is when, when, when Moses came down the mountain, he saw that that Aaron had taken and he had fashioned a God for the children of Israel out of the things that they were wearing, out of wow. their earrings. Wow. And he said, this is your God who delivered you. Well, that's fascinating because of, of, a few minutes later, those were on your ears. I mean, when you look at it from the 10,000 foot view, you go, this is absolutely ridiculous. But people are captivated by right. by the product of their own hands, Keith. So the first truth that you have uh, have addressed is just the reality that God exists here in Psalm 115. Hey, God is in the heavens. Okay. He does all that he pleases. That's how the Bible itself begins with the presumption that God exists. It doesn't try to explain God where he came from, where he started. It just says in the beginning, God That's created right. the heavens and the earth. And so that is the first reality that we accept or we reject. That's where faith kicks in or where uh, we we continue to walk in unbelief. So so if a person is worshiping, as as you you've addressed, we all have to worship something, right? Isn't that what uh, Bob Dylan said? Right? We got to serve somebody. Doesn't matter who you are, what status in life, you got to serve somebody. And um, I don't know if that soundtrack is playing in the background right now, but uh, <laughs> there there is a reality that God exists, and so as a Christian. Sometimes it's easy to get into 
maybe secondary arguments about proof for the existence of God, which I think is important. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there that deal with kind of a scientific approach to prove the existence of God. But the reality is, is that a person is not ready to hear those things until they're ready to change their mind about the existence of God himself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're, we're dealing with, we're, we're dealing with a supernatural aspect to this, but we're settling the issue. The Bible settles the issue right from the get-go. There is a God. He exists. He's in the heavens, uh, Psalm 115, verse 3, and he does all that he pleases, Genesis 1-1. He, he is God, and he created all things. So and, that, and, 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 I would, and I would go one step further mm-hmm. and say that God is eternal. And that's important, right? You, you look at Psalm 102, verse 12, but you, O Lord, abide forever, right? You're from everlasting to everlasting, the psalmist says. This is important. God had no creation, right? That there wasn't a point in which he came into being. There was a point in which, and we can look at this later, which God stepped into time in a person, but God has always been. There, always there, existed. Always existed. Now that defies human intellect. And yes, so, it does. so far his ways above our ways, right? Nobody is God's counselor. But to that end, Keith, God is eternal and he's always existed. And from that, we get a lot of truth. Okay. That's great. All right. This is fascinating. Let's, let's keep going on the other end of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Okay, so two truths. One... God exists. Two, he is eternal. Psalm 115, verse 2 through 8, Psalm 102, verse 12, helps us address that. What does it mean, Pastor Steve, that God is eternal? Are we, are we talking about that he He originated somewhere and now he lives forever? Or are we talking about, as, as, you, as you started to, to, to say, from everlasting to everlasting? Yeah, it, this is a very hard thing for our mind to wrap around because we are we only understand things from a point of origin to a point of completion. That's right. all, that's all everything in in our life we understand that. Right. Birth, death, right? Beginning, end. And, and so for us to tap into this truth really starts taking us outside of of our ability to understand. But if it, in in the best way we possibly can explain it, it really matters. It, 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 it really kind of amounts to this, that that when you step outside of time, there is the now. It's the eternal. It, and 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 there's no time element in the eternal. We we used in order for us to understand things, we'll say like in eternity past. Well, the word past has time attached to it. Right. it it's our way of saying that's how we relate to it. Way back, you know, before, but there's nothing linear in eternity. It's just the now. It is is and always has been. And so we can't tap into that. You you start thinking about that for a little while and you're gonna need to take some medicine, right? right. It's just it's <laughs> difficult, you know. But it's there where God says he exists. Yeah. And and 
because of that, you can't think of it as as there's a time, you know, where where he came into being. And 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 this is what man has done, unfortunately, with 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 a lot of religious sects in an attempt to define man or to, to define God according to man's own intellect. They have to reduce him to a creation. Right. They have to because they can't understand it. And so to say that God never had a beginning means that you now have to bow to something that you don't intellectually understand right. and it is a matter of faith and but that is the script that is what scripture says from everlasting to everlasting you are god and and what we're doing is is we're having to accept that god is different than us because i think that's the other thing that people have a hard time with it's easier to believe that deity is something either a we can attain or we're an offspring of and in the same way, that deity is an offspring, right? So a lot of the Greek and Roman mythology, they deal with a god and a goddess who had a child who's a god, right? And so, oh, well, I get that because that's how it happens with us, right? And so we've we've brought God down to a level that we can relate to, that we can connect with. But then we end up with a god that's as flawed as we are because, you know, he can do wrong and he can, you know, uh, he and she and, and all the rest, these gods get on, on either side of a battlefield. And, you know, so we, we, we've we've actually minimized God. But when we accept the reality that God is eternal, that he never had an origin, he's always existed and he will always exist and he's self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. So not only not only does he exist, as, 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 we've, as was our first point, he's self-existent. There's no outside force or energy or you power. You can't understand that. Right. And so, <laughs> so yeah, so, okay, now I have to accept that God is actually different than me. He is unique than me. Yes. Um, theologically, we would say he's holy, right? He's set apart in every way. But just trying to rationalize what does this mean? God is different than you are. Yeah. He, I am subject to a birth date and a death date. And, uh, you know, apart from Christ and apart from the gospel, my eternity is not good. That's right. Right. Separated from God. But God, God has revealed himself to us as the one who exists, who is self-existent and eternal, which is completely set apart from. And the only one. Only one. And that is that is hugely important. God has not revealed himself. He has not revealed multiple eternals. He is revealed. He is the only one. And he is adamant about that proclamation keith in isaiah 45 verse 5 i am the lord and there is no one else beside me there is no god he makes it very clear he says it elsewhere in isaiah chapter isaiah chapter you actually had the reference um sorry uh 45 18. Let's see. Okay, this is how it works. For thus is the Lord who created the heavens. He is God who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He informed it. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. There is no other. There is no other. That's right. And then 4521 says, There is no other God beside me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none beside me. That's right. And he goes on again in verse 22 For I am God. There is no other. Right. He says to me, says in verse 23, every knee is going to bow before me. And so you, you have this, this consistent, this consistent theme throughout scripture. There is only one God. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The mm. same was in the beginning with God. You, you don't have a reference to multiple deities. And that's why the first, um, absolute understanding of the gospel is based on this one God who is in eternity past, who is righteous and holy, has 
allowed himself to become a man to step into time. It's, it has to come from the understanding of one God. Otherwise, what do you do when you come to this, the, the ultimate question? Well, how do I know which God is true? Right. That's a great question, right? right? Which God is eternal? Right. That's the, which one is the self-existent one. Right. And so that's, that, that's a place where we have to start, Keith. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to address Pastor Steve, that there is a, a reality of lesser gods given to us in the Bible, but they're not, they're not on any par to the Bible. The, the term Elohim is one that is used as a unique, you know, there's, there's, there's Yahweh, the only Elohim, right? The only right. eternal self-existing, you know, one to be worshiped, creative, all the rest. And then he created beings, angelic beings that are, are labeled by the same title Elohim. There's also the reality of the constructs that we make of, of God, right? So, so Paul addresses the idols that were worshipped in Corinth as having demons behind them. And so you would call a, an evil spirit or a demon on that level. And, that, and really, honestly, that's a conversation for another day, kind of the right. distinction of the supernatural. And Satan is called the god of this world. Right. So, so there's, there's the, somebody say, well, how can you say there's only one god when we use that term? Even in the Bible, it uses it broadly. It's because there is a distinction, as Pastor Steve already started this conversation with, that one who is God, eternal elevated, above all, separate from all, unique, no equal, no comparison, and any other thing, being, um, construct, imagination that exalts itself as a god, as a form of deity. And so, yes, in the world and, and from a human and even on a supernatural level, there may be many gods, little g, plural, but there is only one uncreated, eternal, from 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 eternity past to eternity future, unique God. And isn't this interesting, Keith, that that when Jesus was describing Satan, and we understand from Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 where he originally resided, right? Right. Um, when he's describing Satan, he says that he's the father of lies, and when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Yes. Meaning he knows the nature of God. He, uh, you know, people think that he surrounded the throne. He is not confused about no. who God is. And so isn't it interesting that when he speaks a lie, the one thing that he seems to do is want to take people's eyes off of the one eternal God, which Romans 1 talks right. about, right? His eternal power. He wants to take their eyes off of that and put them on the vast variety of of options that they have because he's speaking a lie from his own resources because he knows the truth. Right. He knows there's one God. And so now he's just added confusion. And once you add that, now people just come up with a God for everything. Yeah. And Lucifer does not care if you worship him or not. No. He cares that you don't worship the one true God. That's right. Right. Because ultimately for us to not worship the one true God is to not fulfill the very purpose by which God created us. He created us for his pleasure. He created us for relationship, for community, for family with him, to walk with him as Adam did in the garden, to have have communion with him and and to not to not be separate from him. Right. And and the and the lie of of the evil one is to say 
you don't need God. And from the beginning, the day you eat, God knows you will be like him, right. knowing good and evil. The, the temptation to Eve was, you don't have to listen to God. You don't have to worship God. You can find the answer in yourself. You'll be just like him. And when that happens and man looks inside to find what he worships for, anything goes, Keith. Wow. Anything wow. goes. Well, hey, we're up against the clock on this episode, so we're going to continue this Bible difficulty about the reality of God on our next episode. You've been listening to Shouts of Grace. Hey, one thing we want to make, make sure of is that you know God, that you have put your faith in him through his son, Jesus Christ, and you've received eternal life. If we can talk to you about this, reach out to us at shoutsofgraceradio.com. God bless you, and we look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 